0: Okay, so let's go to work and open your hearts, if you would, to to receive the word. I always like to share with you that Jesus talks about the condition of our hearts, and it is the quality of the soil of our hearts that determines the productivity of the seed of God's word. So it is so important for you by faith to declare your heart to be good ground for the receiving of God's word so that it will produce in your life. And so we're gonna continue to teach here a little bit on receiving healing from God last Sunday. Uh, for the past two weeks, the Lord put this, this um, teaching on my heart in the days of the global panic that we're experiencing right now with coronavirus and all these things. As I shared last week, um, have no fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. And um, it's, it's wise, of course, to be precautious in anything you do. But God has not called us to be fearful. Um, you don't have to be afraid to go to work and to travel if you need to travel and come to church and do things because of this this uh, this fear based um, um, uh, movement that's happening concerning this this um, this epidemic that our nation is facing on a global global scale I'm supposed to be teaching something else but I feel it's important to to address this because this is where where our nation is Isn't it amazing to see how how one virus not even a bad virus has handicapped the entire world that, that reminds you just how vulnerable we are. That one virus, which is not even a, a, a horrific virus, comparatively speaking, has, has pretty much handicapped the entire world and you, that is just a reminder of just how vulnerable our world is. That, that the world is not as secure, that the things that we, we, we experience and we, we put so much trust in on a daily basis are not as secure and, not as, are not as, and are not as sure as we think they are. It's, it's the opportunity for us to return, to put faith in Christ upon this rock, Jesus says, I will build my church, upon this unshakable foundation of himself. And this is the time, as I said before, that we consistently need to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Just, and I'm not, I'm not speculating about anything, but you know, you know what? You know what follows, if, if, if a federal quarantine was ever really needed, you know, you know, what, you know what follows a federal quarantine? Martial law. Yep. That's, that's when the, the government, to enforce the quarantine that the government puts in place, the next thing that happens usually in these situations, if you understand what happens globally in other cultures and things, the, the thing that usually follows a federal, federal quarantine most times is martial law. When now now the, the military has to be mobilized some situ- in some situations to force people to keep the quarantine that people don't want that the government has mandated. We should pray earnestly for God to visit our nation Amen. and to touch our nation. We need we need Jesus. We need the gospel to be preached. We need God's mercy in our nation. So we're going to revisit some scriptures here just talking about how to build faith in your own life. For your own family and to um, be reminded of uh, God's covenant with with us as I said before healing is not so much with this teaching on healing healing is not so much a lesson to be learned as much as it is a faith to be practiced and you may say why am I teaching on healing I feel great well the time that you you build your faith for healing and understand God's covenant purposes is while you are well that's the time you want to understand and we'll see it here today that, that healing is synonymous with god 's plan of salvation for his people. Amen. It's something that's undeniably clear in the gospels and it's something that we have to, taught, has, to has to be taught and we have to continue to build our faith for it. And again, understanding God's covenant, it helps to drive out fear. It helps to drive out concern when we understand the covenant that God has made for us. Concerning faith, um, you don't have to know necessarily how it works. we just need to believe it and receive it. Amen. Mm-hmm. We want to continue to walk by faith. We walk by and not by. It's very important for us to remember that, that in these days of fear and what we see and when every news report is giving you some kind of scenario of doom and gloom, it is important as God's people that, to remember that we walk by faith and not by sight or not by what we hear and not what, what we see. That fear, I said before, that if we crack the door to fear, it brings all kinds of challenges for us and so we have to see to it that we never allow fear to fester or to take root in our heart as the people, people of God. Um, I'm going to getting into this teaching a little bit and talking about faith. I just want to kind of lay a lot of this out today. You know, everything is spiritual. From God's perspective, if you study the scriptures, everything is spiritual concerning the word of God and the truth, of, the truth of God's word. And. In one place Paul writes he says that the spiritual doesn't come first but the natural comes first and then the spiritual but everything is spiritual and that is not a contradiction of, of what I'm saying in terms of everything is spiritual spiritual things are most important but Paul mentions there's priority he says that natural things come first and I'm actually quoting from first Corinthians 15 um, verse 45 or verse 46 or so he says is not that the spiritual does not come first but that which is natural and then the spiritual but everything is spiritual that's the difference between importance and priority do you know that that everything that is most important doesn't necessarily come first that sometimes sequentially um, you have to take some steps as a priority that leads you to something that is actually more important just a simple analogy you know the application process is not most important in your college career but the application process is a priority in terms of it's coming it coming first right. because you first got to get through the application process to get to university but the application process is not most important it's a priority but it's not most important right. and so there are some things when Paul is talking about the spirit and the natural spiritual things are most important But natural things come first in terms of priority, that we trigger certain things in the spirit through our natural actions, prayer, fasting, um, all these kinds of things, confessing God's word, giving, all of these things are triggers in the natural that open the door for something spiritual. And it's very important for us to understand how these things work. And I'm saying this to lay a context because as we continue to see these kinds of perplexities unfolding in the world, the only way we'll have a chance to understand what's happening is to know that these are spiritual issues. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if, it's, if there's one thing that especially here in the West, we, we give so much more of our time and energy to an intellectual understanding about what's happening in the world. And we have to back up to really understand that concerning the kingdom of God, these are spiritual matters that are happening in our nation that when you see issues like coronavirus, we're gonna see these things and Jesus, how he prophesied these things. Now, as we move closer toward the coming of the Lord, we must, we must raise our spiritual IQ as a church. And so I want, I want us to engage in this because we're raising our spiritual IQ to understand the times and the seasons like the Bible calls the sons of Issachar. The Bible says the sons of Issachar understood the times and the seasons. And remember, we're going to see it from the scriptures that Jesus, he sits with his disciples and they begin to ask these questions about what are these signs? What do these things mean? And Jesus began to explain to him, to explain to them privately what these things begin, what these things meant concerning the end times. And so we're going to talk a little bit from the word so that we're we're equipped and we're informed spiritually. The Lord opens our eyes so that we understand what's happening according to the scriptures and not just CNN or MSNBC and Fox News. But we want to get the heart and the mind of God concerning what's happening in the in the end time. Somebody say amen. Amen. So these things. First John chapter chapter five makes a statement. As I'm talking about spiritual, first John, chapter five, verse four, it makes this statement. It says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. It says, and this is the victory. That overcomes the world, our faith, whatever is born of God, whatever is initiated, whatever is sired by God overcomes the world. That scripture, first John, chapter five, verse four, it makes it clear there is only one way to overcome the world. You have to overcome the world by faith and things that are born of God. If you don't if we don't tap into what's born of God by faith, it is impossible to overcome the world that you're subject to. The only way for us to rise above the world and to operate, remember I shared before, on earth as it is in heaven, here on earth as it is in heaven. The only way for us to function from heaven's perspective, 1 John 5, 4, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. If we will overcome the world and the kind of events that we're seeing happening in the world, we have to do it by faith. And you remember when when Jesus had an encounter with Peter and he makes this statement, he says, Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan has sought to sift you as wheat. But Jesus says this, I have prayed that your faith would not fail. Are you understanding that 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 under this time of, of spiritual attack that Jesus is telling Peter, the enemy is seeking to destroy you. He's seeking to sift you like wheat. But Jesus says this, I have prayed that your faith won't fail Amen. and so the, again first John 554 5, the only way to overcome the world whatever is born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world our faith we're praying that our faith won't fail Amen. this is a time for us to strengthen our faith for us to grow in our understanding of spiritual things to grow in our, our understanding of God's covenant God's word, the promises that God have made that assure the scriptures that cannot be broken. This is the time for us to raise our spiritual IQ by faith so that we are informed, that we're informed, and we're equipped, that we are knowledgeable, that we have insight, we have revelation, we have prophetic understanding about what God said would happen in the last day, so that we're not operating in fear, but we can understand that the purposes of God are unfolding. Amen. It's a very important time for us to do that. Somebody say amen. You know, I um, I bought this little this little device here. I want to give it a little analogy here um, to tell you about the importance of faith. When I say whatever overcomes the world, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes our world, which is our faith. I was thinking about this in terms of how how faith works. If you have if you have teens or grandchildren, you've seen one of these. <laughs> this is a controller for an Xbox. You know, some some of them have some kind of video game systems. And this is a controller. I want to I want to explain to you why, why, why faith is so important right now, why understanding God's word is so important in the context of what's happening in the world right now. This is a, this is a video video game controller. And you sometimes watch kids, you know, there's, uh, you know, some kind of game happening on the on the screen. It's it's some kind of virtual world. You know, I mean, it's pretty, pretty intense in terms of everything that's happening on the screen. Here's the deal. You can't enter into the screen, but the way that you control the screen is with this. This is, this is very important. This little device is pretty complex. I grew up, these things were simple. There was one stick and one button. It's got buttons on the back, four buttons here, two separate joists. I mean, it's, it's really complex now. But here's the key. To control what's happening in the, on the screen, even though you don't enter the screen, you're not in the screen, to control what's happening in the screen, you need one of these. And without this, you have no control over that. And the better, the better you learn the functionality of this little device and what all these buttons mean, what these buttons mean, there are combinations of buttons, and it's amazing, the kids, how they do this stuff, and it's like, there, there are combinations and sequences of buttons that the better you learn to operate this, the more successful you are in that. Yes. Yes. You, this controls that. Right. You know what? This Bible, your Bible. I have my Bible here on my iPad. This is your controller mm-hmm. in the spirit world. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> mm-hmm. when, I, when I talk about the, not that which, which is first spiritual, but in the natural first and then the spiritual, I'm telling you that what this is to a video game in terms of you controlling a world that you can't touch, I'm telling you that the spirit world is more real than the natural world, but until you learn to work your Bible, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Until until you learn how to take out the scriptures and work Genesis and what Proverbs has to say, and if you don't know the, the Decalogue, if you don't understand the covenant that God made with with Abraham, the oath he made with Isaac and he confirmed it with Jacob. If you don't understand your covenant, if you don't understand atonement, if you don't understand justification by faith, if you don't understand the power of the blood, if you don't understand how to speak and confess God's word, if you don't understand that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, if you don't understand how to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, if you don't know how to put on the whole armor of God so that you can stand against the wiles of the enemy, you have no control over the spirit world. Amen. Amen. If, if we if you if you can't work your Bible right now as these diseases and pestilences and things be coming over the world, this book, this Bible has total control over that. There's no need to be afraid. There's no need to have fear. Take out your learn how to work your controller. And so when I talk about increasing our spiritual quotient and understanding faith, the Lord all throughout the word of God has given us what Jesus calls the keys of the kingdom that you are not subject to, but you are in control of the spirit world. Amen if you understand and if you're skilled enough to operate the controller. Yes. You, mean, you know how Paul sometimes talks about being skilled in the, work of work, the word of righteousness? Yes. How are we to study, to show ourselves approved? Yes. That we can be a workman who's not ashamed? He talks about these things. We we've gotta we've got increase our skill to be able to operate spiritual things. Healing is a part of that. What's happening in our nation is a part of that. Somebody say amen. Amen. Are you understanding me? All right. So let's let's go here. Let's see how, how we can get through some of this stuff. Keep keep that in mind in terms of your ability with spiritual things that are happening in the world. Number one, these things are spiritual. But number two, the Lord, through his word, has given us control and has given us the opportunity that we can determine what happens concerning our lives and our family with all of these things that are happening in the world, in the spirit world. This is so very important for us to understand. Let's let's continue here. Let's see. Let's go back to Matthew, chapter 24, verse three. We left off here last time. And let's just read a few verses of Scripture. Matthew, Matthew, 24, verse three. This is Jesus speaking. Now, as he sat at the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him. Everybody say privately. privately. So remember, we're talking about Jesus having a communi- having some a conversation with his disciples that he was not having with the world. The world did not know what the disciples knew. They were getting exclusive information. They came to him privately saying, Lord, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming? Get this. And of the end of the age. Very important phrase. Verse four. And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of war, wars and rumors of wars. Listen to what Jesus says here. See that you are not what? So as these things are happening and unfolding in the world, they came to him privately. And in private, Jesus tells his people, make sure that you're not troubled. Don't be don't be worried about the things that you're going to see and you're going to observe in the world. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Verse seven: For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and what? Pestilences. Pestilences. I shared last time: A pestilence is an epidemic. It's an incurable. Disease. Notice Jesus says he didn't say there will be a pestilence. He says there will be pestilences, plural, that a part of the end times. He's saying that, among other things, you're going to see an outbreak of sicknesses and diseases in the world that are that are, that are incurable, that are hard to contain. Jesus himself spoke this out of his own mouth. He says there's going to be famines, there's going to be pestilences and earthquakes and various place, various places. Verse eight. He says, all these are the what? He says, it's just the beginning of sorrows. These things are just, are just the beginning. But keep in mind in verse six, he says, see that you're not troubled. He always makes that promise. Make sure that you're, you're not troubled. I, I just got news for you. When the famines and the pestilences and the earthquakes begin to come, let's just be real your resume can't help you. Come on. Isn't that true? That when we're dealing with these kinds of events, our resume is obsolete. The last certification that I got on my job, my degree, my advanced degree, all of those things are irrelevant when famines, pestilences, wars, rumors of wars, and nations begin to to come against other nations. I just want want you to understand, our credentials are useless. You know what we're going to need? Faith. Amen. 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 So I'm, I'm, we're, we're getting equipped. We're getting prepared. Our, our natural ability will be completely irrelevant in the end times. We need faith. First John 5:4. and th- whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Whether well, the pestilences, the famines, the wars, the rumors of wars, all of that stuff is in the world. But but the word of God says, but whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is get this the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. And so now is the time for us to build our faith and to raise our spiritual IQ. Somebody say amen. Amen. He says all of these are the beginning of sorrows. Let's go back to Luke chapter 21, starting at verse 25. This is Jesus having having a similar conversation from Luke's gospel. He says here in verse 25, and there will be signs in the sun in the moon and in the stars and on Earth, distress of nations. Listen at this with perplexity, distress of nations with perplexity. I said before, perplexity means that there are enigmas. There are challenges for which there are no solutions in sight, that people have no clue. They have no answer to the kinds of challenges that they're dealing with, that they're gonna be distressed of nations with perplexity, Jesus says here. The sea and the waves roaring, verse 26, here it is again. Men's hearts failing them from fear. Men having heart attacks because they are so afraid of the things that they see happening in the world and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Verse 27. Then they will see the son of man. Praise the Lord. Coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And listen at verse 28. Now when these things begin to happen, Jesus says to his people privately. Look up. Lift your head. Because your redemption draws near. The first time he says, see to it that you're not troubled. This time he says, when you begin to see these things happen, don't worry, just look up, lift your head, begin to look to heaven, begin to look to God, begin to look to the faithfulness of God, begin to understand God's faith, great is his faithfulness. The Bible says that God's compassions, that they are new. His mercies are new every single morning, that God's compassions are great. in Lamentations chapter three, God says in Malachi, I am the Lord. I change not. Therefore, you are not consumed. Those sons of Jacob. Jesus is the same today, yesterday and and forever. God is unchangeably good toward his people. And he says that when these things begin to happen in the in the in the natural, he says, look up. Raise your faith. Lift your head. Don't put your head down. Look up. Lift your eyes to heaven. He says your salvation, your victory is getting closer to you. Amen. It's very important for us to, to to have these things to be resolute in our heart during the times that we're, li- we're living in. Somebody say, man, don't don't look to D.C. Don't look to Washington, D.C. Don't look to Springfield. Look up. Amen. Lift your head. We need to we need to draw closer closer to the Lord. The, the good fight of faith, I like to say, concerns what you continuously choose to look at. The good fight of faith concerns what we continually choose to look at. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Lift your heads, look up, lift our eyes to the hills. The good fight of faith has to do with what you choose to continuously look up. And I said before, the moment we stop looking up and start looking around, here comes fear. In that, in that when the Bible says that faith, that, that as long as Peter walking on the water had his eyes on Jesus, he kept walking on the water. But when he began to look around to see the wind and to see the waves, Peter started going down. And I'm telling you, as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus, things will be well. But if we start looking around, that's when faith gets a foothold in our hearts. That's when faith begins to take resident in our lives. And so the good fight of faith has to do with us has to do with us looking looking up faith, faith momentarily secures. But but trust sustains over time. Amen. It's not it's not just us growing. In faith is us growing in trust before the Lord. Somebody say amen. I say trusting God is consistently stringing together moments of faith on an ongoing basis. Trust, trusting God is consistently stringing together moments of faith. There are times we can be in faith, out of faith. We can be in faith, out of faith. Isn't that true? Yes, sir. But but trusting God different than faith is when you consistently string together moments of faith. Now you're moving into trust, Amen. and this is a time where we need to trust God. Amen. We need to trust God with all of our heart that He is true to His word. He will do what He said He's going to do. The Scriptures cannot be broken. It is impossible for God to lie. This is the time for God's people to enter into deeper trust with the God that we serve. While there are famines, pestilences, distress of nations, perplexities, wars, rumors of wars. we got to go deeper in our level of trust. Are you understanding understanding me this morning? Somebody say amen. Amen. It's very, very important. You know, if faith comes, faith can go. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Keep that in mind. If faith, faith comes, that means faith can go. And so, in other words, to keep faith, you got to move from faith into a position of trust where you say, you know what? I trust God with my life. I trust the Lord. He's trustworthy. Somebody say, "Amen." Amen. I feel the Lord is is stirring our hearts to know we we, he can be trusted. It's his greatest delight is to be trusted. It's to be trusted. So let's continue here. Let's take take a look at these things. I talk about how this is. This is all spiritual. Let's look at some some more foundation here. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. We're going to see here that sickness and disease have a spiritual source. They have a spiritual source. Let's look at this from from Acts 10, 38. It says this how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with what? Come on, keep that in mind that Jesus has been anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. Very important. Anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about get this doing what? Good. good. And Healing. all who were oppressed by who? The devil. Are you understanding this? Jesus went about doing good, anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, went about doing good. Our God is a good God. He does good things. He is good and he does good. Jesus went about doing good. And listen at the good that he was doing. Healing, how many? Aww. Some of the people? <laughs> Come on, I, I, want, I want us to, to, to meditate in the world until it becomes a reality and faith begins to rise up. This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. We got to get our faith to rise up to know that Jesus was anointed going about doing good and healing everyone get this who was oppressed by who the The oppression the source of the oppression was the enemy this is the Word of God It's communicating to us It's very very important doing good and healing healing is a good thing somebody say "Amen." it's it's a good thing let's go to Job chapter 2 verse 4 Langston foundation here I'm reading from the New Living Translation Job chapter 2 verse 4 It says this, Satan replied to the Lord concerning Job's life, skin for skin. A man will give up everything he has to save his life. Isn't that true? Mm -hmm. And when people get in fear about their life, he says a man will give up everything he has to save his life. Verse five. This is what what Satan tells God. But reach out and take away his what? (laughs) Take away his health and he will surely Curse you to your faith. Where did Satan get the idea to suggest to God? Lord, take his health. Are you you understanding? This is this is all the enemy's idea. First thing he went after. Take his health. Go after his health, because because if you go after his health, he'll curse you to your faith face. Let's continue. Verse six. God says, all right. I don't quite understand this. God says, "Okay." (laughs) He says this, do to him as you please. The Lord said to Satan, but spare his life. Verse seven. So Satan left the Lord's presence. Get this. And he struck Job with terrible boils from head to foot. Remember, the Bible says that Jesus went about healing everyone who was oppressed of the devil. And you see here that oppression in Job's life that the Bible says that he afflicted him with sickness and attacked his health. This is an amazing, is an amazing issue. I sometimes say I think the devil is making the prescription prescription drug companies billions of dollars. Now, I'm talking from the word now. MSNBC is not going to explain this to you. We're talking. We're talking from the scripture about about spiritual things, raising our spiritual IQ and understanding the role of faith, because this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. So we got to build our faith. So get this. Luke, chapter 13, verse 11. And behold, there was a woman who had. Listen at this. A what? A A spirit of infirmity. A spirit of infirmity. Healing all who, are, who are, were oppressed of the devil, Acts ten thirty eight. Job, Satan tells God, take away Job's health. He struck Job with boils, physical verifiable symptoms in his body. And here Jesus is having this encounter. He says there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. Do you, do you think you think some of these things that are happening in the world? Listen to me, they're spiritual. They're spiritual. Come on, we're we're kingdom people. We we have the mind of Christ. We've got to understand from heaven's perspective what's happening in the earth. And the scriptures lay these things out to us that these things are spiritual. Didn't Jesus just say there are going to be pestilences in the end times? These are spiritual things. If nobody else in Chicago understands that, I want you to leave here this morning knowing that this is a spiritual issue. It's a spiritual issue. It's not just something that's happening in the the natural. We have to have the mind of God. He says this woman had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. says that this woman was bent over and could no way raise herself up. But look at Luke chapter 13. Look at verse 16. This is where this is where Jesus starts to engage here. But he says this. Ought not this woman. Get this. Being a what? A daughter of Abraham, whom who? Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years, next part, be what? Be loose. Come on, are you you guys understanding this? This woman who had a spirit of infirmity that had her bound for 18 years, that there was no cure and no solution in the natural for her condition, Let's back up to the slide before that, Isaiah. Jesus comes along and said, because this woman is a daughter of Abraham, because this woman is in covenant with God. Hallelujah, that's mm. right. Satan has to loose her and let her go because she has, she's a daughter of Abraham. Satan bounder, but he's saying this woman right now is exempt from Satan's bondage because she's in covenant with God Do you do you are you are you understanding me this morning? Yes? I'm, I'm telling you that we are living in a time right now That you must know that you are a son or a daughter of Abraham I'm telling, I'm telling these are these are spiritual things that are happening in the world. The only salvation and exemption from this woman, from Satan's bondage, was the fact that she was in covenant with God and God was in covenant with her. Yes. I'm telling you, wherever I get on airplanes, just like I got on airplanes before, I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to go wherever I was supposed to go before, because I am a son of Abraham. And I'm telling you somewhere on the inside, if, if you don't, if you don't believe that you will live in fear, your life will be tormented by fear. If you don't rise up in faith to know that you are a son or a child of Abraham through faith in Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, the church is going to have to begin to step and operate into this kind of revelation during the times when Jesus says it's going to be pestilences and all those kinds of things. That's why Jesus says, but you don't be troubled. Yes. He says, you look up, you lift your head Amen. because you're a son of Abraham, you're a daughter of Abraham. That spirit has to be broken. You're going to be loose. You're exempt because you're in covenant with Hallelujah. God. Thank you, Lord. Do you, Do you know how foreign this kind of teaching is in the body of Christ right now? I'm I'm talking real spiritual stuff about how, I mean, like who you are in Christ and being in covenant and why this really matters. I'm saying this is this is so vitally important. Somebody say amen. 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 Says this woman, she she can't stay bound because she's she's in covenant with God. No, no medical intervention at all. Covenant. Covenant. We we speak this. Over our home, every day. Amen. Every day. We're constantly speaking this over our home and over our children every single day to understand that through faith in Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm quoting Galatians chapter three, verse twenty. I asked you last night, if we, last Sunday, if we could just have church until ten o'clock tonight because it's, there's so much to go over. Galatians three twenty six, three twenty nine. Because you're a Christ, you are Abraham's seed. And heirs according to the promise. You've got to know that, that you are a covenant son or daughter of Abraham to know that God's curse, that the curse has, is you're exempt from the curse because of faith in Jesus Christ and the covenant of Abraham. We have to know these things in the end times. Otherwise, listen, we're going to be bound with fear. It's our exemption from these things. Somebody say amen. amen. Let's look at a few more scriptures here. Let's, let's take a look at this. Um, Deuteronomy 28. We're going to see that healing is God's plan. It's God's will. For for his people It's God's plan, his will for his people. Look at Deuteronomy 28. The first part of Deuteronomy 28, God talks about all the blessing that if you hearken diligently into the voice of the Lord, all these blessings are going to come on you and overtake you. But then God begins to tell them around verse 20, verse 15 or so, that if you don't, diso- if you don't obey God, 28, 15, Deuteronomy 28, 15, 15, but it shall come to pass. God tells the people, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord, your God, to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all of these what curses. curses will come upon you and overtake you. He is telling the people, if you don't obey my word, if you don't believe my word, if you don't remain in covenant relationship with me, God says the curses are going to come to affect your life. Deuteronomy 28, verse 21, the Lord will make the plague Cling to you until these consumed you from the land which you are going to possess. Verse 22. The Lord will strike you with consumption, with fever, inflammation, severe burning with the sword, with scorching, with mildew. And they shall pursue you until you perish. Chapter 28, verse 27. The Lord will strike you with the boils. Get this of Egypt with tumors, with the scab, with the itch from which you cannot be healed. Verse 59, 28, verse 59, the Lord will bring upon you and your descendants extraordinary plagues, great and prolonged plagues and serious and prolonged sicknesses. Moreover, he will bring back on you all the diseases of Egypt of which you were afraid and they shall cling to you. Verse 61, also every sickness and every plague which is not written in the book of the law Will the Lord bring upon you until you are destroyed? God is making it clear to his people the same way that Jesus talked to his disciples privately and began to explain to them. God is explaining to his people here that whenever you disobey me, that whenever you break covenant with me, God says the curse is going to come. And you see that the curse is characterized by sickness, disease, inflammation, scabs, tumors, boils, God says over and over and over, all these sicknesses and diseases will come in as part of the curse when you separate yourself from faith in me, so he was telling Israel stay connected to me, I am the Lord your healer I am the Lord who heals you and he says none of these diseases will I put on you that are on the Egyptians as long as you stay connected to me, as long as you stay stay in faith with me look at Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 it tells us here but Christ has redeemed everybody say redeemed Redeemed. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us for it is written it goes on to say cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree you know what those scriptures mean that Christ has redeemed us from the curse that's why he says you don't be troubled he says, look up, lift your heads. You don't be troubled, because Christ has redeemed you from the curse. All of that sickness and disease and all of those those judgments that will come upon people. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree. I don't I don't have time to explain. But, but listen, the, the doctrine of what's called vicarious a I want you to understand when Jesus died on the cross, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. He died on the cross to take the curse on your behalf. That's why Jesus says you don't be troubled. He tells them privately, you don't be troubled. He took the curse on your behalf. It goes on to say that the blessing, watch this, of Abraham would come upon the Gentiles I want to encourage you church keep your eyes on Jesus the Bible says he has taken the curse it's called vicarious atonement the death of Jesus on the cross he died and took on the curse so that the blessing of God could come upon you And could come upon your family. Listen to what happens here. Matthew 4, 23. Just a few more today. We'll finish up next time. Matthew 4, 23. It says, and Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues. Preaching the what? The gospel of the kingdom. That's good news. Remember Jesus went about doing good and healing everyone. He was preaching the gospel of the good news of the kingdom. The God's domain, the king now being in charge. He was going around telling people the king is in charge now. The king is here. The one that has authority over the curse just showed up. Are you understanding this? He's, he's, He's going to preach the gospel that the king is now here, who has the authority over the curse, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Watch this. And healing. Get this. All kinds of sickness. And all kinds of disease among the people can you say Amen? Amen. he was declaring and demonstrating the power of God look at Matthew chapter 8 verse 2 and behold a leper came and worshiped Jesus saying Lord if you are willing you know sometimes the question is is it God's will to heal Jesus answers that right here he says Lord if you are willing you can make me clean then Jesus put out his hand Watch this. And touch the leper. Who touches a leper? He touched the leper. Saying, I'm willing. Be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Jesus never denied anybody healing that came to him by faith. Never denied him. Never, never turn anybody away. You have to you have to settle it. I want you to settle it. That it is God's will for you and your family to live in divine health. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. We got we got to get this by we got to get this by faith. Two more. We'll look at two more passages. Matthew, chapter eight, verse 16 says this, and when evening had come, they brought to him many, get this, who are what? Demon Do you see every, almost every time the Bible talks about sickness, it mentions the devil or a demon? You guys believe this or y'all too educated? I'm, I, I mean, we, we all educated. I get it, but I'm just saying we, we, gotta, we gotta understand spiritual matters, right? There should be university classes on this stuff of what's really going on. Every every single time in the Gospels, when Jesus is ministering, every time it talks about sickness or something, it always talks about the devil or some demons hanging around a spirit of infirmity. Healing everyone who was oppressed of the devil. Satan suggested to God take away his health. Are you understanding this? Look at this. Says there were many who were demon possessed and Jesus cast out the spirits with a word. Just one. Next part. And healed. How many? How many? How many? Healed all who were sick. Not some, not most of them. Do you guys have faith? Come on, I'm going I'm to challenge you. Do you have faith to agree with Sharon and I? Everybody in this church lives in divine health. Come on, come on. Can, can, can we can we just get in faith? Can we just get in faith for each other's protection with all this nonsense going on? And just, we just we just believe God here. All. 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 Can we just can we just believe God? Just do you just do we can we believe God that God God's protection is his hand is upon us because we are sons and daughters of Abraham in here. We just got we just got to rise up in faith and believe God together. Can we do that as a church family? Come on, I'm just talking faith here. Hallelujah to Jesus. Last verse of scripture, Matthew chapter nine, verse thirty five. Then Jesus went about in all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm teaching on it. This guy, you got to teach it. You got to, you got to teach it. He was teaching on the synagogues, preaching the gospel again of the That means the king is in charge. Come on, that means the king is in charge. You believe Jesus is king. Come on. Come on. That means that means the king is in charge. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom and watch what happens. And healing. Somebody say every Every. sickness and every every disease among the people. You get anything out of the word word this morning? Come on. Come on. Stand and stand to your feet.